Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and it is another Waiver Wire Tuesday, but the Fantasy Football Playoff Edition. So, as usual, there is no one better to help break it all down than PFF's lead fantasy analyst, the great Nathan Yonke. Nate, you ready for the Fantasy Playoffs? Uh, yeah, ready in most leagues. Luckily, advanced into Scott Fishbowl, so I was happy to see that. But the one league that I cared about last night where I had the Packers defense and they had the Titans defense of all defenses. I ended up losing on the very last offensive play by Miami when Tennessee got a sack. I was winning by a fraction of a point before that point, and then I was losing by a fraction of a point after that point. So I will be missing out in the playoffs in a league with the PFF consumer dev team where everyone in that league used my draft rankings and our <laughs> uh, live draft assistant tool to do their draft. So it was a fun experience doing that draft, having everyone use my strategy, but ended oh. up missing the playoffs there with too many injuries throughout the year. Oh, that is, uh, that is heartbreaking for sure. Yeah. That, that sack at the end, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't good for anybody, but um, yeah, I luckily didn't have uh, the, the, heartbreak that i expected uh on monday night i was able to yeah get in the playoffs for any league that i needed to um with with the games last night and and even advanced in the playoff spot um in one of the deeper leagues that the playoffs is, have already started so that that was at least nice um but yeah Tua let us down on the prize picks uh projections um we we, we wanted 32 and a half under uh 32 and a half pass attempts he went over uh with 33 so that was fun to see but you know it, it is what it is uh, unfortunately there were bigger things going on in that uh miami tennessee game so why don't we start with some monday night football recaps here and uh any particular game you want to start with maybe we start with tennessee miami since we just kind of talked about them yeah so the titans titans win it 28 to 27 um probably the biggest piece of news out of that game was that tyreek hill was dealing with an ankle injury um we saw him leave the game and and not come back in until until later didn't play his full complement of snaps right nate and then um even didn't start the, the the final drive which was a bit concerning as well so no word yet on what the status is going to be going forward um but what were what were what did you notice when Tyreek Hill was out of the game um as far as who replaced him and uh his overall playing time sure so playing time to start the game was uh fairly normal for him played 13 of 19 snaps and it's worth remembering with the Dolphins they probably substitute their starting wide receivers out more than most teams do uh that's both Hill and Waddle letting their backups play significantly particularly in running situations and this is throughout the game not just uh when they have blowout leads at the end of the game so Hill was already getting rotated out a bit early in the game and really the past couple weeks he's dealt with uh injuries in general that have cost him some playing time so he's been well under 75 percent of offensive snaps each of the past four weeks uh cedric wilson he's been the primary backup for hill recently um there are some teams that kind of use their wide receivers interchangeably miami is one of the teams where hill will have a direct replacement waddle will have a direct replacement and in this case it was wilson um wilson was playing even more than Hill would have been playing just because Hill and Wilson will rotate in and out where Wilson didn't have someone to rotate out with. So Wilson was playing basically every snap for it was roughly half the game that Hill was out for from late in the first quarter to late in the third quarter. Uh, For most of the time, Hill was seeing his normal snaps. Once he came back, I know he went back to the medical tent between drives, but um, 
like you said, that very last drive he was not in to start the drive. I wasn't super surprised by this just because they knew there was a possibility this was going to be a long drive and they'd rather have Hill for the end of the drive than the start of the drive if they didn't think he'd be able to play a ton of consecutive snaps since he usually doesn't. So I'm um, a little surprising, but keep an eye on the injury report. I assume he'll probably be limited in practice most of the week. And as long as he is on the active roster next week, you're starting him just because even if he's playing just under 50% of snaps like he did in this one, he still caught four big passes, didn't score a touchdown in this one, but still a relatively good performance for him. Yeah, I, I I think as long as he's active, nobody's nobody's hopefully not benching him. Um, the the wide receiver one on the year, he's been amazing, and like you said, even even had some bigger plays while he was dealing with that ankle injury. So, um, like to see that from Hill. Hopefully, some optimism as as we go through the week here. But, um, yeah, even Jalen Waddle left at one point too with a little bit banged up there, but. How about for the the Miami running backs? Because we saw kind of Raheem Mostert um, play the most snaps here, obviously, but it also dominated the carries. But we also saw Devin Achan um, see what nine targets, I think, in this game. So uh, was getting a lot more receiving work. So what did the the splits look like for the Miami running backs? Sure. So we had seen last week it was Mostert playing most of the first half, Achan playing most of the second half. Um, so we thought this was probably going to be a similar game script where even if they continued that kind of rotation, we would still see plenty of HN. So had him very high in my rankings, but this ended up being a game that was a lot more competitive. Miami playing from behind a bit in the game and then had a big lead late in the game and lost that lead. But, uh, the first half we saw both running backs on the field fairly significantly. So Mostert was still seeing roughly the same amount of snaps that he did last week in the first half, roughly two thirds of the snaps. But Achan saw a significant increase in his first half snaps because uh, both what or both running backs were on the field a bit. Um, Achan was playing even more snaps lined up either in the slot out wide, often in motion. So he would still kind of get in the backfield at times, but still not lined up in that traditional running back spot for half of the snaps in the first half. Uh, then once we got to the second half, it was a much more traditional uh, Mostert as the early down back, HN as the passing down back. Um, the, if you're looking at the charts, if you're watching us rather than listening, these look very similar to a lot of other backfields that have just a clear early down back, clear late down back with Mostert as the early down, HN as the late down. And that's basically what happened in the second half. Uh, both of the running backs were running fairly well, averaging over five yards per carry for most of the game. Um, neither of them were doing all that great for fantasy football purposes until those last six minutes where Mostert scored a touchdown. The Dolphins got a turnover, were in good field position. Mostert scored another touchdown. So um, that worked out for Mostert. I'll be a little bit concerned about HN going forward just because they are playing the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. Uh, the Jets tend to have a good defense. Uh, they probably will be relying on the running backs. So if there's any week that I'm still trusting HN, it's next one. But the Cowboys, the Ravens, arguably 
two of the top at least five teams in the NFL, if not even better than that. So should be much uh, some pretty competitive games there where Miami is unlikely to have a big lead like they've had in a lot of other games where A-Chan's been able to dominate the second half. So still probably going to start him just because of the state of running backs in the NFL, and there are plenty of other running backs that I'm not going to be trusting and HN has that upside to break any of his receptions or runs for a big play, but it's not the ideal schedule for really either of the running backs. Yeah, that's a that's a tough stretch there for the fantasy playoffs for sure. For um, yeah, the entire Miami offense, unfortunately. So we'll see how that plays out here in the weeks ahead. But how about on the Tennessee side? Um, anything that really stood out to you here as far as um, player usage goes? Like, obviously, uh, DeAndre Hopkins led the, led the way in receiving yards again. But did anybody else um, surprise you, I guess, uh, as far as their usage goes um, in Tennessee? Uh, the wide receivers, we talked about them last week, but they pretty much returned to normal this week. Traylon Burks was back to being a starter. Uh, Kyle Phillips was at least back to being on the active roster. Phillips only took three snaps in the first half, didn't play in the second half. So still not quite normal for Phillips, which let uh, Westbrook Ikine play basically the entire game, both playing slot wide receiver and three wide receiver sets, and then being a primary backup in two wide receiver sets where whenever they're running the ball, they are another team similar to Miami where they like to rotate their wide receivers out a lot in run plays. So Westbrook Ikine ended up leading the team in snaps among the wide receivers. Um, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins has been leading this wide receiver room all season long. That's not going to change, and even though Traylon Brooks saw significantly more playing time this week, that didn't really lead to any more receiving production. Um, so if anything, this just means in 2024, Brooks has a better chance of being a starter than he did a week ago and uh, could be a late-round breakout candidate at wide receiver. But um, And then at tight end, uh, we had also talked about Jigazima Kunkwo. I uh, talked about him yesterday as someone that I was excited about for this game because uh, Josh Wiley wasn't active. Uh, we did see an increase in playing time, and at least by the end of the game, he had a decent receiving line because Tennessee needed to pass the ball. Uh, wasn't kind of consistently used in the passing game throughout, but definitely had a couple of nice receptions near the end, which got him over that receiving mark that we were hoping for. Yeah, that was very nice to see. Sorry, I was on mute there. Um, but yeah, uh, good stuff there, Nate. And then the other Monday Night Football game, um, the New York Giants take it 24 to 22. Um, outside of the internet's determination to beat a dead horse with the overuse of the uh, inarticulate Italian noises meme, um, what, <laughs> what did you take away from this uh, Giants and Packers game? Any team you want to start with here? Uh, we'll start with the Packers. For both of these teams, the running back usage was very normal, tight end usage very normal, both of them with their backup tight ends that have continued to play the vast majority of snaps. So it was really the wide receivers that were the interesting part for both teams. Uh, with the Packers, Christian Watson was inactive with his hamstring injury. Uh, Dontavian Wicks have replaced Watson earlier in the season when Watson's been injured. Uh, Wicks has been rotating in and out with both Watson and Dobbs throughout the season, so it was no surprise that Wicks took over as the starter, uh, was leading the wide receiver room in snaps for most of the game until the fourth quarter where he suffered uh, injury and left the game. Um, 
it was a pair of backups, Samari Tori and Malik Heath, who took over at wide receiver from that point, since Jaden Reed still is largely just an 11 personnel wide receiver. And they were staying in 11 personnel most of the time after Wicks was out because they were playing from behind. Uh, Jaden Reed had a very weird stat line. He caught I think eight passes for less than 30 receiving yards. So not something that you typically see from wide receivers, a lot of short average depth of target passes, even though he's perfectly capable of having uh, deep passes as well thrown his way. Also very involved in the run game, ran I think four or five times um, and scored a touchdown in the run game. So uh, DPR leagues uh, perfectly happy with him because he made all of those receptions. I am not including him in the waiver wire article, even though I know he is available in at least 50% of leagues in some uh, websites, just because he's just consistently been available on the waiver wire slowly, but surely getting more taken in leagues and haven't typically included those because anyone who's listening has already picked him up at this point, but he is still available in some leagues. So happy with Reed. And then uh, switching over to the Giants, uh, New York has typically had a six-man rotation at wide receiver, uh, was down to a four-man rotation in this one. Paris Campbell showed up on the injury report on Saturday with a knee injury, uh, was listed as questionable, and was ultimately inactive, so I believe it was the knee injury that caused him to be inactive. And then Sterling Shepard, who has also been part of the rotation, was playing at least 30% of offensive snaps these past two weeks. Uh, he did not receive a single offensive snap. Uh, not too surprising considering his best game of the season is one reception for, I think, 13 yards, has 39 receiving yards on the season with that most one catch per game. So not too, too surprising that he was phased out of the offense. Uh, this all meant more playing time for Wandale Robinson, who had a fairly good game, six receptions for 79 yards. Uh, Darius Slayton received more playing time, but didn't was he wasn't too involved in the passing game. Um, we're still pretty far from a point where you're trusting any of the Giants wide receivers in your fantasy starting lineup because it's still lots of guys, different ones can have good weeks, different weeks, but Robinson probably is the most likely player who could become fantasy relevant at some point after this good game and considering how much the Giants had invested in him before. So um, at least worth keeping an eye on Robinson, but considering we only have a couple weeks left in the season, it might be more just building the hype for Robinson for 2024. Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right. I mean, I, I, I like Robinson as a player, but yeah, for fantasy lineups, going to be hard to trust him. Probably more of a desperation play at this point, right? And he did, he got two carries in there as well that he took for 36 yards. So uh, that was nice to see um, that kind of utilization for Robinson along with the six catches for 79 yards. So Anything else from these two Monday night football games um, that you wanted to talk about before uh, we move on to our waiver wire targets for the week, Nate? Uh, last thing I'll mention with the Giants, Darren Waller, uh, he is expected to return to practice this week. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean he will play this week, but the Giants do have a fairly nice schedule for tight ends these next three games, all three in the top 13 and allowing fantasy points to tight ends. So on the off chance that Waller is available, if the fantasy manager who had him gave up on him, Waller could be a nice player down the stretch during these fantasy playoffs, assuming he's able to return to the lineup. 
Nice. There we go. All right. As a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by Parents for Parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Nate, let's start things off here. Heading into week 15, it is the fantasy playoffs for most leagues now. So we got some quarterback options to start. The quarterback injuries continue to pile up for us. Just been an unreal year, the amount of injuries at the position. So this could be uh, arguably one of the most important positions to target this week. Uh, and let's start with the first name on the list. It is Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams um, coming off another strong fantasy performance against a very good defense um, in the Baltimore Ravens. So Nate, um, what do we like about Matthew Stafford going forward? Uh, yeah, he's basically last three weeks has been playing fairly well. 10 touchdowns in that stretch, uh, most for the quarterbacks in that time. Also has plenty of passing yards, 802, which I believe at least as of before the Monday night games ranked sixth most among quarterbacks in that time. So Stafford's been putting up a ton of numbers recently. And most importantly, is playing the Washington Commanders this week, a defense that has allowed plenty of fantasy production to quarterbacks, uh, second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So in general, when we're looking at quarterbacks and some of these other positions as well, very much looking at who the matchups are over these next three weeks. And Stafford is the clear guy that if you need a quarterback this week, he is the one that I would target. I know there are players like Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, Jack Browning, all have played fairly well recently, but not as in love with their schedules over these next three weeks. No clear matchups where I'd be really excited about them. And considering all of them have played relatively well on fairly small sample sizes. Also just a bit more risky having any of them in the lineup in the fantasy playoffs, considering they could have a bad game easily enough. We've seen plenty of times where quarterbacks play well when teams don't have that much tape to game plan against them. And then once you get some tape on them, they stop doing quite as well. So probably more happy sticking with a quarterback that we've seen what they can do throughout the season, know what their upside is and know the opponent that they're facing has a lot of plenty of fantasy points. So if you need a quarterback specifically this week, Stafford's the guy. And even if you need a quarterback for the rest of the week, Stafford might be the best pickup in general, even though you might pick up Stafford this week and then drop him for someone else next week. Yeah, I love that. And like you said, the past three weeks, Matthew Stafford, QB6, QB8, QB5, uh, he's just been amazing. I think most impressively, the last two games doing it against the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens, two of the best defenses in the league, two of the best defenses in limiting fantasy points to the quarterback position as well. So um, like you said, 
decent schedule here going forward washington new orleans and the giants so um yeah really like matthew stafford here the rest of the way uh another name on the list uh, we talked a bunch about him um recently we even talked about Jameis last week but uh Derek carr got back healthy and in the lineup this past week um of the new orleans saints rostered in 23 percent of espn leagues uh what do we like about uh Derek carr for those that have missed it in recent episodes Oh, uh, yeah, we probably included him for roughly the last two months. Uh, completed 18 of 26 passes for 119 yards, two touchdowns this past week. So not the greatest game, but we know he was playing hurt. He did not have Rashid Shahid. Uh, Michael Thomas still on injured reserve, I think at least for one more game. And then Taysom Hill also missed this week. So the combination of him being injured, the rest of his, almost all of his receivers outside of Chris Olave being injured, um, he still was able to score two touchdowns, which was good to see. Um, mostly liking him for his future schedule. Um, he plays the Giants this upcoming week, which isn't the greatest game, but after that plays the Los Angeles Rams in week 16, and the Rams have allowed the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. After that plays the Buccaneers, who have allowed the 6th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So um, if you're looking ahead and know you need a quarterback potentially in the semifinal or final round, um, that'll hopefully be enough time for a car to get a little bit healthier, for his receivers to all get a little bit healthier, a chance that everyone could be back at full strength in two weeks from now. So it'll be good to see Carr hopefully play a bit better then, but Carr, the Saints were still winning, and like most of these teams in the NFC, still fighting in the playoff on a ton of teams tied for that last uh, wild card spot at the moment. So I think we'll see some teams, um, especially at the bottom of the league, maybe rest some of their players or go with some younger players, but teams like the Saints and the Rams are still going to be fighting these next couple weeks. Yeah, and yeah, I like that. And like we said, I mean, the injuries at the quarterback position too, if you just want somebody consistent and, and you know, with a decent floor, like he still threw touch, two touchdowns last game. And um, there's at least some some consistency there with Derek Carr where we may not know what we're getting in somebody like an Easton Stick, for example. So um, yeah, I'm with you, Derek Carr. The other name on the list here, uh, another quarterback that's been pretty decent lately, even though last week wasn't necessarily his best game, um, Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, rostered in just under that 50% threshold um, in ESPN League's name. He's another guy that just all season he's been pretty inconsistent as a fantasy quarterback. He's had some weeks that have been fairly good, some weeks where you definitely didn't want to start him. Specifically on this list, because in week 16, he's playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they've allowed a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So it's just looking at the week by week, uh, week 16, he has the best matchup for quarterbacks who are potentially available on the waiver wire. Um, only available in just over 50% of ESPN leagues. So a lot of leagues where he's not available, which is why I included Derek Carr as someone to consider in week 16, specifically if Mayfield is not available for you in week 16. So uh, just specifically a matchup based one where the Buccaneers have been fairly consistent, at least who's on the field on offense, uh, have a clear top three wide receivers, top tight end, top running back. So they've been at least consistent in who's on the field. So that should also help them and another team that is definitely in the playoff hunt fighting for their playoff lives 
Yep, for sure. Um, and the last quarterback name on the list here, one we saw last night, it is Will Levis of the Tennessee Titans here. The rookie had uh, 327 passing yards, um, also got a touchdown last night, um, also through an interception, but um, got the win ultimately. So what do we like about uh, Will Levis here uh, for the rest of the season? Yeah, it was definitely good to see how well he played last night, getting the comeback victory um, with him. I didn't even think that he would uh, have this huge game coming into this, so that was good to see. And he had been playing better in recent weeks as well. Um, obviously had that really good first game in the league, but after that point was pretty consistently grading under uh, 60 in terms of PFF offensive grade, the pre and then in weeks 12 and 13, rated above 60. Uh, I don't think grades have been unlocked for this game, but assume he had a decent game this past week as well. And he plays the Houston Texans both next week as well as week 17. Uh, Texans have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks all year, so not the greatest amount, but still a pretty decent matchup for him. Uh, team where houston is also fighting for their playoffs lives but lavis uh, could very well be playing from behind or at least needing to throw the ball a lot in those matchups and it's something where i'm still probably targeting matthew stafford for this week but if we see lavis do really well against houston in week 15 then you can be a lot more confident in what he can do in week 17 uh facing houston again so uh someone also in uh, deeper leagues where some of the quarterbacks we just talked about uh, are possibly taken. I think Levis among the quarterbacks that are pretty widely available is the one that I would consider considering he's been the starter for a while now and has played pretty well recently. Yeah. And like you said, grades not finalized yet, but on first review here, it looks like potentially um, a top 10 grade for the week, at least as far as passing grade goes um, for Will Levis. So yeah, another solid game for him. Um, That'll do it for the quarterbacks. So let's move to the running back position now. And we'll start with a name that we typically have finished with um, in the waiver wire targets. And that is Zamir White of the Las Vegas Raiders. So he was down there in the like deep league handcuff section of the um, the waiver wire targets. And, and we talked about the, the reasoning behind wanting to pick him up is the potential for Josh Jacobs injury. Unfortunately, it seems like there is a Josh Jacobs injury now um, dealing with a knee or a quad injury. I've seen it called multiple different things here. Um, and the Raiders are playing on a short week. So it doesn't seem like Josh Jacobs is going to be available. And Samir White is available in over 99% of ESPN leagues. Nate. Uh, yeah, after saying that we haven't seen too many running back injuries, I pretty much jinxed every starting running yeah. back that <laughs> I talked about their handcuffs in this running back waiver article so um this almost pretty much completed that josh jacobs suffered that injury and like you said on the short week um we barely saw any playing time after jacobs went down with the injury i think they only uh, ran eight offensive snaps after that point and amir abdullah took the third down snaps and then the two minute drill snaps so not surprising to see abdullah get the majority of the work but there was one drive that they had a full three and out drive where white took the first down snap and the second down snap um really like him because he is playing the los angeles chargers a team that has been pretty down recently and justin herbert looks like he's not likely to play in this game so I've seen other places have other running backs high on the list, but I am very excited to see what White can do. Uh, he was a fourth-round draft pick. We just really haven't gotten the chance to see what he can do in the NFL with Josh Jacobs playing a huge majority of snaps all the time. But 
I'd expect White to be the early down back getting the vast majority of first downs and second downs. And if they are winning in this game, that could mean 15 to 20 carries for White. And uh, he's going to be the freshest running back out there considering all of these other running backs, even if they're um, – we're a backup, and now the starter, we're still seeing significant playing time throughout this season, and the Chargers matchup is probably the best one out of all these matchups that we'll be talking about among these running backs for this week. So I think if you specifically need a running back for this week, White is probably the guy with the most upside, even though there is risk considering he is barely played and we don't know exactly how the rotation will end up. We could see Amir Abdullah taking some drives here and there, but It'll be risky, but I think he has the highest reward out of all the running backs that we'll talk about. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, not a, a huge sample size on Samir White this season, but we've seen the the Raiders at least lean into um, Josh Jacobs significantly as in more of a closer to a one running back system. But like you said, there's at least potential there for Amir Abdullah um, to, to work in as well with Zamir White, since these guys aren't necessarily Josh Jacobs quality running back, but um, not that Josh Jacobs been amazing this year either. So um, yeah, definitely somebody to consider in most leagues and another one, another uh, running back injury here, Nate, you mentioned um, jinxing it and yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> Alexander Madison also dealing with an ankle injury um, left in, in the third quarter of the Vikings Raiders game, um, same game here did not return. So Ty Chandler, who, who has been on this list uh, a few times is potentially going to step up into a larger role. Um, if Madison misses time. Oh yeah. Madison was playing 21 of a possible 30 snaps in the first half. So, uh, we have seen sometimes this be more of a split and it was clearly more towards Madison before the injury, but Chandler took the clear majority of snaps after the injury, uh, the one thing to note is on third downs, they've been using CJ Ham at times, uh, their fullback for blocking purposes. So Chandler did lose a couple of snaps on third downs, but outside of that, took nearly every snap, and he's graded relatively well so far this season. Uh, grades above 70 in both rushing and receiving. So uh, not an excellent running back, but he's been uh, fairly solid, and the Vikings remaining games are all against teams with playoff aspirations though uh so we might not see chandler put up top 10 performances if madison misses time but he should see the clear majority of snaps see double digit touches um we really haven't heard much from about madison since the game ended it'll be interesting to see um at least with zemir white we had the practice report yesterday for thursday night football that josh jacobs was uh, did not participate in practice so um, we at least can be a little bit more comp confident what will be the start of this week compared to Chandler, but uh, we could get injury news later today about either one of them to the extent of their injury. So like if we found out that Madison was out for the rest of the season, I might prioritize Chandler over White because we also don't know how long Jacobs will be out for. But until we have that information about the injuries, mostly focused on what could happen this weekend, Chandler could definitely be a fantasy starter this week if Madison is out. Yes, sir. That's a good one. And another one here um, that also has to do with the running back injury, um, Isaiah Pacheco, the, the shoulder injury, um, it kept him out of practice all week. Um, so that's never a good sign, obviously, even for his 
status going forward here. So we saw a combination of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon for the Kansas City Chiefs, Nate. So um, we like Clyde Edwards-Alaire here listed on the um, on the waiver wire targets who is rostered in 31.5% of ESPN leagues. Uh, what is it about Alaire that puts him over McKinnon for you? Uh, for me, it's Edward Delaire basically took the role of Isaiah Pacheco completely. Uh, Derek McKinnon basically saw the exact same role that he has seen all season long. The only difference is they ran a ton of plays in two-minute drills. Uh, Kansas City, a team that is typically winning and not needing to be in too many clear passing situations, but that was not the case this past week. And because they were in so many clear passing situations, McKinnon was seeing a bit more playing time. McKinnon ended up with more fantasy points, but that was only because he scored the touchdown. Um, and that was because it was a two-minute drill, and it was also a third down, so a clear situation where McKinnon would be in, but definitely a possibility Edward Delaire scores a touchdown in future weeks. It just needs to be situations where Kansas City is playing with the lead where Edward Delaire uh, would be the clear better option, and they do have better matchups ahead. Um, playing uh, Las Vegas and Minnesota in upcoming weeks. So um, a lot of this just depends on how long Pacheco will be out for. There's a chance he could be back this week. But Effie is not. I think Edwards Lair, out of the three running backs that we've talked about so far, probably the safest option to start among the three, but also probably has the lowest ceiling because we know McKinnon does get involved in passing situations, but also in goal line situations. So less likely that Edward Delaire scores a touchdown compared to some of the other running backs. Nice like that. Um, so another one that we we talked about yesterday, and it's the Chicago Bears backfield, but Deontay Foreman here um, makes the list rostered in just 26% of ESPN leagues. We, we talked about there was potential for um, all three guys to, to work in, but it looked like Deontay Foreman kind of took the lead there and is the clear RB1 for the Chicago Bears. So um, maybe for anybody that missed yesterday, what we could recap uh, Deontay Foreman's usage this past week. Oh, yeah. Foreman basically went back to being the player he was before his injury. Even with Khalil Herbert back, Herbert was restricted to a very small role in the offense, similar to how he was restricted two weeks ago. So Foreman, it was just the fact that he was injured for a game and then they had the bye week led to a lot of fantasy managers dropping him. But I think he can pretty safely reach double digit carries, at least in most games. Uh, the only problem is he faces the Cleveland Browns, Arizona Cardinals, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, two of those three have been very good against running backs, so I probably wouldn't want to start Foreman unless it's one of these deeper leagues where uh, 12 teams and three running backs are starting. I'd expect Foreman to be a top 30 running back, at least just maybe not a top 24 in most of these games. But uh, facing Arizona, I think he could have a pretty big game that week. Um, and this is not a situation where there is an injury to a starting running back like the top three running backs that we talked about. So there's a chance that Pacheco and Jacobs uh, and Alexander Madison could all be fine. So Foreman could be the top running back available on the waiver wire if these starting running backs are fine. But Foreman probably just doesn't have the same upside. He just could have a pretty good matchup in week 16 and then be a serviceable player if you are in a desperate situation for the other weeks. Nice. Um all right, another name on the list here. So this one's been here for a while. It's Keaton Mitchell of the Baltimore Ravens and 
coming out of the bye week, I mean, I, at least I was really convinced that we'd see another snap increase here for um, for Keaton Mitchell, who had like steadily increased his playing time each of the prior weeks heading into their bye. That didn't actually happen. He actually played a smaller snap share um, than than either of the previous two weeks, but still nine carries, 54 yards, added, added a reception in there as well. Um, so we still like Keaton Mitchell here um, going forward, right, Nate? Oh, uh, yeah. It's just still the possibility that he gets more playing time. This was kind of disappointing that he took a little bit of a step back this past week, but um, he's still playing very well, was the clear best runner on the team, averaged those six yards per carry. Uh, still just as hill as a third down and passing down back. So I think Mitchell, who had some nice catches uh, both this past week and in general, I think in order for him to truly reach his potential, he needs to start cutting into that passing down workload from Justice Hill. So a little bit concerning there uh, was rough because I thought he'd get at least 10 carries this past week, and it looked like he was almost going to get there, and then Baltimore uh, had the punt return for the touchdown in overtime rather than just having a good punt return and then running the ball at least one more time. So that was tough beat there, but I think Mitchell at least has the possibility to get to the point where he's running at least 10 times a game. The schedule is fairly difficult. They are playing three teams that are division leaders right now. So that's also a big thing to note right now is Mitchell would probably be a lot higher on this list if the schedule was better, but it's the schedule really over these next three weeks that kind of pushes Mitchell down to the fifth running back that we're talking about rather than being the first one that we were talking about for a couple of weeks there. For sure. Yeah. At the very least, we want to see those snaps increase and, and opportunities increase. Um, a player who could potentially have his opportunity increase. Um, another guy we talked about uh, last week, but they were on a bye. Uh, the Washington Commanders were. And we know that Brian Robinson was banged up going into the bye week. So Antonio Gibson remains on the list here as we kind of wait for um, clarity on Brian Robinson's availability uh, for this week. So Gibson available in uh 44 and, or rostered in 44 and a half percent of espn league so um any other news that you saw about uh, brian robinson i haven't seen anything recently saw at one point that he is going to at least try to be practicing this week and since they did just have their bye week that did give him a bit more time to recover so it'll be something where we're watching uh the injury reports all week for this one but even if he is playing um the commanders have a rough schedule for running backs. It's the Rams, Jets, and 49ers, uh, three of the top teams, at least in terms of PFF run defensive grades. So um, we're only really considering him if Robinson is not playing because Gibson in week 12 after the injury was playing a clear majority of snaps and Gibson will remain the passing down back. And in some of these games, they might need to be passing a lot, but it's really hard to trust Gibson when F. Robinson is still in the lineup just because he's completely reliant on those targets. He will get a couple of carries, but that floor isn't high enough to really trust him. So we really need Robinson to not be in the lineup in order to consider starting Gibson. And even then, it's a rough matchup against the Rams this week. So uh, we'll consider him, but I'll really consider a number of these other running backs ahead of him at this point. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um 
Another guy that we talked about yesterday of the Cincinnati Bengals was Chase Brown. So we talked about him kind of flashing in the passing game, obviously had that, that big uh, receiving touchdown off the screen pass, but starting to see a little bit more involvement here um, in recent weeks. So uh, for anybody that missed it yesterday, what do we like about Chase Brown, who's rostered in nearly 90 or available in nearly 99% of ESPN leagues? Uh, yeah, he has been more involved. He took over as the third down back. Travion Williams had had that role all season long, but uh, Chase Brown overtook him as the third down running back, and he continued to be significantly involved on early downs as well. Uh, had a decent number of carries, but the big thing is his work in the receiving game. Uh, caught two really big passes, one for I think it was nearly 50 yards and then another for 25 yards, so had a huge game. In the passing game, um, not the greatest schedule for running backs, the Vikings, Steelers, and Chiefs, and Joe Mixon right now is clearly the lead running back, but there's at least a chance with how well Brown is playing that Brown continues to take a higher percentage of these snaps, so mostly picking him up just in case we see him overtake Mixon even more this week, so probably not someone that I'm considering in my starting lineup, but especially considering how available he is and you might be in some leagues where a lot of the guys that we just talked about are all taken so brown is just someone to take a chance on because he has a there's the possibility that he becomes a fantasy starter without an injury to this current starting running back yeah for sure and um we'll talk about some handcuffs here these are guys that we've we've had on the list um for for a few weeks in a row now and at the top is tajay spears of the tennessee titans we saw him uh last night take seven carries for 29 yards but um more importantly had six catches for 89 yards he was actually second on the team in receiving yards um this past week so he is one of the more rostered handcuffed uh, players uh, at 37 percent we also have Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles rostered in 15%. And uh, for those deeper leagues, Isaiah Spiller of the Los Angeles Chargers available in over 99% of ESPN leagues. So, um, I, I mean, we talked about them as being handcuffs, but anybody that you want to go into specifically here, uh, Nate, with these three guys? Yeah, I'll just mention both Spears and Gainwell. We did see uh, both of the starting running backs for those teams get injured a week ago. Both of them ended up playing their full amount of snaps this week, but at least noting that they're a little banged up, but there are also matchups upcoming where we could see a lot of Spears and a lot of Gainwell. Like last night's game, it was kind of close throughout, but we saw Spears get very involved in the passing game. They do play the Seahawks in Week 16, and Seattle's allowed the fifth most fantasy points to running backs, and that's a game where uh, Tennessee could be playing from behind with Seattle, who's had a very rough stretch of games, but... I think still is capable of being a fairly good team. So I think Spears could be pretty involved in that game. Uh, Gainwell, similarly, the Eagles have had an incredibly tough schedule these past couple weeks, but that lightens up significantly over these next couple weeks. So could be games where Gainwell is seeing significant playing time, especially to give Swift a bit more of a rest. Um, includes facing the Giants in Week 16, and they've allowed the ninth most fantasy points to running backs but i think the most interesting name is probably the last one on this list and that's isaiah spiller of the los angeles chargers uh he was a healthy and active these last five weeks but he pretty much took over from joshua kelly as the backup running back uh, we've seen austin eckler have a series of bad games um, had a little bit better game this past week but i think this could still be a fluid situation 
and one where the Chargers have pretty well fallen out of playoff contention here. So they'll start looking ahead to next season. And it would not be surprising if Eckler is not on the team next season, considering how he's played and his age and what he wanted in his contract this year. And the Chargers place, uh, faced the Denver Broncos in Week 17. And Denver had a lot of ton of fantasy points to running backs early in the season, have become a little bit better in recent weeks, but there's still been some weeks where Denver's allowed plenty of fantasy points. So if we get to a situation where the Chargers are fully out of the playoffs, we might see Spiller get an even larger role. So someone to pick up just in case uh, those things happen and he ends up seeing double-digit carries against the Denver Broncos defense that's allowed a ton of fantasy points. Yeah, that would be uh, pretty ideal there if uh, anybody's picking up Isaiah Spiller, obviously. And it would be nice if Austin Eckler could also kind of bounce back a little bit, too. Um, we know he, he got the, the touchdown, but late um, last game, it was it was looking shaky there for a while. So, um, all right, let's do a quick ad break here. Uh, and this one is from our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than the Prize Picks project projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on any entry. So, Nate, um, last night we had uh, you had Chico Conquo over thirty-three and a half receiving yards. He hit. I had Tua Tagovailoa under thirty-two and a half pass attempts. He had thirty-three. That one missed. Um, so it frees me of the shackles of, of going for unders um, and keeping that streak <laughs> alive and, and having to sweat those. But uh, we'll start with you. What was your pick uh, here for week 15? Uh, more often than not, I've been going with overs on this, but this week I'll be the one to go with yeah. under. I will have Travis Etienne less than 55.5 rushing yards facing the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football this week. Uh, Etienne's just been banged up recently, and he's been under that 55 mark in four of the last five games. The one game that he wasn't, it was 56 rushing yards uh, facing a very good Baltimore Ravens defense one where I think the Ravens should be able to win this game. Um, ETN's been under 55 yards in um, most of their losses this season, uh, one exception to that. And the Ravens' defense in general, when they're facing a running back that gets double-digit carries, uh, some of them have had pretty good weeks, but other of them, other running backs have not. So I think with the injuries to ETN, and the expected game script where I'd expect the Ravens to be winning this one. I wouldn't be surprised if ETN is held under the 55.5 yards. Nice, like that. And uh, yeah, the other one that I went with was uh, David Montgomery, basically an anytime touchdown here. Um, it could be rushing, receiving. It could be even a, a passing yard, uh, passing touchdown, but it's most likely going to be rushing that we're looking for here. Um, going against the Denver Broncos, we just talked about their rush defense. Um, they've uh, they faced the fifth most goal-to-go plays in the league with 38. They've allowed 13 rushing touchdowns, the most rushing yards against. Um, David Mon Montgomery has 10 rushing touchdowns on the year, so um, we're going to hope that he gets into the end zone this week and at prize picks you aren't competing against other people it's just you versus the projections go to prizepicks.com slash pff fantasy use code pff fantasy for a first deposit match up to 100 again that's prizepicks.com slash pff fantasy and use code pff fantasy for a first deposit match up to 100 
All right, let's go to the wide receivers here, and we'll start with a guy who's probably frustrated fantasy managers the last two weeks that he's played them, um, zero catches, but he's seen seven targets over those past two games. Uh, it's Noah Brown of the Houston Texans, rostered in 43% of ESPN leagues, and we know the Texans are dealing with some pretty significant injuries at the wide receiver position. No tank Dell for the rest of the year. Nico Collins left last game, so um, Noah Brown, definitely becomes an option here Nate. uh yeah the wide receivers were interesting this week generally my process is before the sunday games even happen uh mark down who i think all of the guys that are worth talking about in general and then adjust that list based on what happens during the week and there really weren't any wide receivers that had good weeks that are available on the waiver wire so a lot of these wide receivers are guys that we've talked <laughs> about before but noah brown yeah he hasn't Caught a pass in the past two weeks coming back from injury, but the two games he played before his injury caught 13 passes for 325 yards and a touchdown. So we know he's capable of having huge games. Uh, Tank Dell is out for the season. Nico Collins left this last week uh, with the calf injury. So there's a chance Collins could miss time. So Noah Brown very well could be the top wide receiver for Houston and facing the Tennessee Titans both this week and week 17. So we could see... Brown have some fairly good games. Tennessee's allowed the sixth most uh, fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So I know we're also concerned about CJ Stroud. So maybe not starting Brown this week, considering the quarterback situation and the fact that Brown hasn't caught a pass these past two weeks. But I think if Brown's able to turn things around this week, he could be a huge player down the stretch for fantasy purposes. Since ideally Stroud, even if he doesn't play this upcoming week, hopefully will be back by fantasy championship games. So Brown, even if Nico Collins is also back, Brown is seeing plenty of playing time, and we've seen games where either of Houston's top wide receivers has really good games. So I think Brown is someone who could be good regardless of what happens with the injuries to the other players in Houston. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, how about uh, Rashid Shahid of the New Orleans Saints, rostered in 21% of ESPN leagues? We haven't seen him play uh, in, in a couple weeks here, but optimistic about his um, potential to, to come back hopefully soon, Nate? Yeah, it's at this point hopeful about his ability to come back. We really don't have much to know if he's going to be ready this week or not. It's just hoping that or knowing that if he does come back and he is able to come back and be relatively healthy in those games, the Saints have a really good schedule for wide receivers playing the Giants this week. Uh, the Buccaneers in Week 17 both have allowed plenty of fantasy points to wide receivers. And Shahid was very involved in recent weeks when Michael Thomas was out. So assuming Thomas does not come back from injured reserve and Shahid is still playing. I think Shahid could have some very big games in those matchups, but a lot has to go right in order for the, him to have good games in those matchups. But hopefully he's able to get healthy and like ideally Thomas is able to get healthy too. But if Thomas does not, I think Shahid could have some very big games. Nice. Makes sense. And yeah, we do. We've got a, just got a question on, on Rashid Shahid as well. Um, in the comments, Joe Salviano asks, is Rashid uh, a drop? So, I mean, you laid out the reasons why you liked him. I, I mean, I guess there's, it's depending on who you're dropping him for at this point, right? Uh, yeah. And at this point, like we no teams are on bye weeks anymore. So your bench is really um, players that you know that you're going to start at some point during the fantasy playoffs, but anyone that you know that you're not going to start um, you can drop and it's 
picking up players who have a chance to have really good weeks. So with Shahid, there's a chance that he could have a really good week in the fantasy championship game. So it just depends on how big your bench is and how much the players that are on your bench, you know, you're already going to be starting them at some point. But I really like to lay out for the three weeks of the playoffs who I'm already considering starting for each week. So I know who is droppable and who is not. So the bottom of the bench is, should all be players that have a high upside if things happen to go right, even though there is a chance that things don't go right over these next few weeks. Yeah, makes perfect sense uh, to me. Um, all right, let's move to the next name on the list here, and it is Romeo Dobbs of the Green Bay Packers. So we saw him uh, last night and didn't have the biggest game, obviously, um, just the four catches for 32 yards. But um, Christian Watson dealing with the hamstring injury, there's at least potential here for Romeo Dobbs um, to continue being more involved uh, going forward. Uh, yeah, we saw him have that impressive night the week prior facing Kansas City, was getting shadowed by Legereus Sneed and still put up some big plays. And I wasn't all that surprised that he didn't have a huge game against the Giants last night. Um, the Giants are the team that uses the most man defense uh, this season. And really looking at the Packers receivers, it's Christian Watson who dominates man defenses and the rest of them are much better against zone defenses than man. So not too concerned about the struggles for Dobbs or the Packers passing game in general against the Giants. It was just a bad matchup for them, but they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this defense this week. Uh, Tampa Bay's law, the fifth most fantasy points in Tampa Bay, another team that's uh, very much in the playoff stretch. So this should be a fairly competitive game where the Packers will need to pass the ball a lot. So I think Dobbs should have a fairly good week this week. So I would be perfectly fine uh, if you have to start him, but he's seen plenty of targets throughout the season, uh, especially if Dontavian Wicks ends up missing time with his injury as well. Um, even if all of the wide receivers are fine, I think Dobbs is a fine option, but he becomes an even better option because he starts getting substituted out less often the more uh, Packers wide receivers that are injured. Yeah, I'm with you um, 100%. And like you said, uh, he is much better against zone coverage than he is man. And we saw that last night, obviously. But um, going forward, too, doesn't really face any man-heavy defenses the rest of the way. Tampa Bay, Carolina, Minnesota. Tampa Bay is about league average. But Carolina and Minnesota, two of the more zone-heavy defenses in the league as well. So um, definitely nice uh, schedule for Romeo Dobbs going out, especially if, um, if Christian Watson isn't able to get back in there. So... Uh, next name on the list is Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, had 14 targets here in week 14, just the five catches for 29 yards, but, um, available in uh, a decent amount of leagues here rostered in just 26.6% of ESPN leagues. Oh yeah. The big thing here is Christian Kirk landed on injured reserve. So he will be out these next few weeks at the, or he's out for the season at this point, but um, Jones, therefore, has been playing the majority of the time when they've been in 12 personnel, uh, even then haven't been in 12 personnel quite as much in recent weeks with Brendan Strange uh, dealing with an injury. But uh, Jones is a player that in week 16 facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so hoping uh, for fantasy purposes with these waiver wires that the Buccaneers defense is allowing plenty of fantasy points like they've done all season long. So I think Jones, with how many targets he was seeing, I think he can be heavily involved in the offense going forward and would be specifically picking him up if you think you might need a wide receiver for week 16 in particular. 
Nice. And then one for the deeper leagues here. Um, a player we've talked about a few times um, hasn't played since week 10. It's Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals uh, rostered in just 4.3% of ESPN leagues. Uh, what do we like about Michael Wilson here um, the rest of the way, Nate? Oh, yeah, it's the same that we've talked about him for a while. I haven't really had to change too much about this section because <laughs> he just increases the number of weeks that he's been out with injury. But over the first 10 weeks of the season, he was top 40 in terms of receiving yards. And that was before Kyler Murray was part of the lineup. Uh, Wilson was a deep threat for Arizona and Kyler Murray, known for being a, a quarterback who's capable of throwing the ball deep. So we just saw basically part of one game where the two of them were together. Ideally, Wilson comes back from injury, gets a little bit of time to develop with Kyler Murray, uh, really looking at him for week 17 when the Cardinals play the Philadelphia Eagles, who have allowed a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers all season long, would expect that game to be a bit of a blowout where the Eagles are winning by a lot. So Arizona would need to pass the ball basically all game long, which is part of why the Eagles defense has allowed so much to fantasy points to wide receivers. It's both because the defense hasn't always been playing the greatest, but also because teams are typically playing from behind and needing to pass the ball a lot. So I think Wilson is capable of having a big game in week 17 if he's able to get healthy. But the big question is if he is able to get healthy and we don't know when he'll be able to play again. Yeah, hopefully back um, soon here, but uh, we'll see how it goes the rest of the, uh, this week as far as practice reports go. But Let's move to the the tight ends now, and we'll start with Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, we know Mark Andrews is done for the year here, so um, Likely still available um, in about 60% of ESPN leagues. Had a really nice game this past week, seven targets, five catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. So Isaiah Likely, um, the, the top tight end target here at Nate. Oh, uh, yeah, a pretty clear top target. We've been talking about him for a couple weeks now, basically since Mark Andrews uh, left with his injury. Uh, likely basically has filled that role in terms of playing time, consistently playing around 75% of the offensive snaps. Um, it just, he wasn't quite putting up the numbers prior to this past week, but 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, great to see from him there. So I think can pretty safely consider him as a fantasy starter over these next few weeks. Um, the Rams uh, matchup for him was fairly good. So that contributed to him having a good game uh, plays Jacksonville, San Francisco and Miami over the next three weeks um, concerns against the 49ers defense. The 49ers have been very good against tight ends, but the other two weeks facing Jacksonville and Miami would not be at all surprised if I'm ranking him among the top 12 fantasy tight ends for those two weeks. So Definitely think he can be a fantasy starter more often than not over the rest of the season. Nice. Um, and another name, one that we like quite a bit here, Chigozi Maconquo of the Tennessee Titans, uh, rostered in 31% of ESPN leagues. We already talked about him earlier in the Monday Night Football recap, five catches for 46 yards. But that playing time steadily increasing here, right? So 74% of the routes run um, last week. So each of the past four weeks, that route participation number has increased. So um, we're continuing to like Chigo Conquo as he makes a late season surge to, to get back in our, our lineups here. Yeah, the rest of the tight ends will be mentioning all players who have some good matchups uh, at various points throughout the fantasy playoffs. I would not be surprised if I'm not ranking any of them among the top 12 fantasy tight ends in any of the weeks, but these are really for if you are desperate at tight end for whatever reason. I think 
Kunkwo, a lot of it will depend on Josh Wiley's health. Wiley didn't practice last week and was inactive. It's unclear at this point how long he will be out for, but they at least did not put him on injured reserve. Uh, the big thing here is they play the Houston Texans week 15, week 17, and the Texans have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight end. So uh, we talked about Will Levis for a similar reason. It's just good matchups and young players who are capable of playing well. So Kunkwo has been putting up some decent numbers these past few weeks. So especially if Josh Wiley is not playing, um, he's probably the best player to consider this upcoming week outside of Isaiah likely. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, all right, another name on the list here. It's Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots, rostered in 16% of ESPN leagues. I mean, he's just he's coming off a big game here, right? Three catches, 40 yards, and two touchdowns. Patriots dealing with a bunch of injuries at the wide receiver position. So um, we feel okay about Hunter Henry um, going forward here? Uh, yeah, it's mostly he's the best option for week 16 facing the Denver Broncos defense, uh, allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this season, had the two touchdowns on his birthday on Thursday night football. So that was good to see. Uh, along with the wide receivers, Ramondre Stevenson's injury also impacts all that. So just slowly but surely losing a lot of their receiving options, making Henry a bit bigger priority in the offense. And we've seen Henry throughout his time in New England be a pretty touchdown heavy player. So really dependent on those touchdowns in order to be worthy of being a fantasy starter. But considering how Denver's performed against tight ends this season, it's specifically if you need a tight end for week 16, and that is the week where Isaiah likely does not have a good matchup. So if you need a tight end for that week, Henry is the player that I'd consider off the waiver wire. Nice. And then uh, another name here for the Los Angeles Chargers playing on Thursday night. It's Gerald Everett, um, who is rostered in 27% of ESPN leagues. We just saw him get eight targets, five catches for 39 yards. So we feel okay about um, Everett as a potential player at some point in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, yeah, this is really, uh, they play the Broncos in week 17. So it was just looking at who plays the Broncos each week and picking the tight ends against them. And Everett just played the Broncos five receptions for 39 yards isn't all that great in terms of fantasy production but it's probably better than what a lot of other guys off the waiver wire will be getting in week 17 and with how many targets he had ideally he would have been putting up more fantasy points we know uh, Everett is capable of doing some nice things after the catch wasn't doing too much of that against the Broncos this past week so I think going up against Denver again I would project him to do a little bit better than he did this past week against Denver so specifically if you think you need a tight end for the fantasy championship week and are that desperate for one Everett is the player that I would consider all right and then last name on the list available in 100% of ESPN leagues seemingly coming out of nowhere this past week it is Davis Allen of the Los Angeles Rams gets five targets four catches 50 yards and a touchdown Tyler Higby was out so I'm sure that was a big part of it but um, Davis Allen Nate uh, really seemingly out of nowhere yeah, not just uh, Higby out with his neck injury, but Hunter Long, who had taken over as the backup tight end a couple of weeks ago, he started the game as a starter for this week, uh, suffered a season-ending knee injury in this game. So Allen probably at least will be the backup tight end, but he did catch 50 yards for a touchdown. So 
Uh, that's something that Higby really hasn't done this season. So there is at least a chance that we start seeing more of Allen, even if Higby is back from his injury. Uh, considering how well he played, I think it's worth seeing more of Allen. So obviously a risk. There's a chance Higby will be back next week, back to playing close to 100% of snaps, and Allen won't do anything. But we the other tight ends we talked about, we know what they're capable of doing. We know plenty of the time they haven't been fantasy starters, where at least Allen is a bit more of an unknown. There's a possibility that he could be a fantasy starter the rest of the way. In Sean McVay's offense, we've seen tight ends uh, put up some pretty big fantasy numbers, even if they haven't even graded that well. So possibility that he does uh, some good things. They uh, play the Saints in Week 16, which could be a good matchup for him. So it's specifically if we see Allen continue to do well this upcoming week, it's potentially worth considering him for week 16. So just a case where he's a complete unknown, there's a chance he could do well, and he did pretty well this past week. So take a chance on a guy on a one-game sample, but that's still worth considering in some leagues when bye weeks are over and you have available bench spots. Definitely. So there you go, folks. Uh, that is going to wrap up our waiver wire targets here for week 15, heading into the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully you're able to get those lineups set right, get some nice depth on your roster as well. No need to take the foot off the gas just yet and hopefully win a fantasy championship. So Nate, thank you for putting that list together for the good people. Um, and yeah, that's going to wrap up the fantasy portion of our podcast. And as usual, it's Tuesday. We do our five round draft of random nonsense here, Nate. Um, last week, uh, oh, what did we do last week? We had Hall of Fame. Yeah, was it the Hall of Fame oh, yeah. one last Fair week? Players yeah, okay. for the Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just a complete brain fart on my part here. Um, but yeah, that's so. Yeah, we did the current NFL players most likely to make the um, Hall of Fame. So I did get the win on that one. So you'll have the first pick in our draft this week, which is the best video game franchises of all time. I'm, I'm excited for this one. I have a big list here. Names are going to get left off. Um, people are going to be upset, but uh, I am hopefully going to be able to create a nice team. I'm sure you will as well. And excited to see where you go with the first overall pick here. Yeah, I'll be a little biased, but we are a football show and <laughs> there has been one clear football video game over the past a long time now they've been up for forever i'm gonna go with madden uh oh one anecdote i'll add is there was a while where i was in charge of hiring at pff and so are uh, hiring the part-timers for data collection and there was a very high percentage of those part-time data collectors who mentioned that they would love playing <laughs> madden specifically doing the franchise mode not even necessarily always playing the actual game but just simulating being the general manager of a football team and madden has made it possible for us to do that and i've done that plenty throughout my life as well even though haven't had the time the past couple of years to put a good franchise together but i will start with madden because the I can't do anything else outside of that when we have a football <laughs> show. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the Madden, the, the tradition of, of talking about Madden in the part-time hiring process didn't really go away even when I was doing it. Um, that was a very common one. And yeah, it, it look, it, it gives you pretty good control of the team. It makes people believe that they could be better GMs and head coaches than what's currently in the NFL as well. So um, there's definitely that. And like you said, it is the only football franchise um, right now. So I like it. Um, I went with, uh, I, yeah, I mean, this, I, 
the first choice here is, is tough, but I think I'm going to go with Super Mario. The Super Mario franchise, I mean, it's been around forever. It was really the original um, video game here. I mean, as far as like the modern era, I say modern, but the, the NES era that, you know, um, that started the, the 2D side scrollers and everything. And I mean, they just continue to put out high quality video games here, Super Mario, including Mario Kart, um, which is still a banger uh, to this day. And uh, yeah, Super Mario Odyssey, one of the best um, additions to that franchise as well. So love the Super Mario franchise and I'll, I'll put that as my top pick. Yeah, I can't forget Mario Tennis in there. Mario Tennis, Mario tennis uh, yeah. personal favorite. Mario Golf, tennis. Mario, yeah, baseball. There's all kinds yeah. of <laughs> um i will stick with nintendo then and i will go with the one thing that could potentially rival mario with nintendo and that is the pokemon franchise everything that they've done over the years including pokemon go which was that phenomena what seven years ago now at this point <laughs> but um yeah with these first couple picks there's like everyone knows exactly what i'm talking about so i feel like i don't yeah need to <laughs> yeah same thing um for for my next pick as well i i'm gonna go with the legend of zelda franchise um another one that's just high quality from start to end here um i mean there's numerous numerous um potential for for the best zelda game whether it's Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, even Majora's Mask, even the most recent ones, um, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, both amazing uh, additions to the franchise as well. So, um, yeah, I'm going with The Legend of Zelda. Well, I will go with a longtime tradition of our podcast, and that's picking Marvel-related things. So I'm going to go with <laughs> Spider-Man, even though there's only been really the two or however you want to count it so yeah. far with that stuff but spider those spider-man video games have been fun and i hope that continues on for a long time but um we've picked spider-man stuff and that's tended to do well in our drafts so hopefully enough spider-man fans will be able to see that and pick my team just off that alone <laughs> yeah the the most recent game i think that's well maybe it's super mario wonders more recent but spider-man yeah the the most recent spider-man game um is was amazing i just finished it not too long ago spider-man 2 um and yeah it was uh one of the more fun games i've played this year um next on the list for me i'm going with my personal favorite uh video game franchise is probably not everyone's favorite but it's metal gear solid um this is the the series that basically made me fall in love with video games way back in like 1998 i think the first one came out and just kind of blew my mind as far as that everything they did innovative um you know gameplay and um functions of video games that i didn't even think was possible as well as well as a great story and fun game so metal gear solid will always be my favorite um so it gets my my third pick here which i'm happy with um fourth pick i'm gonna go with super smash brothers um that's the one game where i'm like at times i'm considering if i even need to get the next nintendo system but then the second super <laughs> smash brothers comes out i'm like okay now i need it and now i need to get super smash brothers uh just uh, each of the iterations of it there's some of these franchises where like i'll play some of the games but not end up playing some of the others but super smash brothers was one where every time that they have come out with a new game have made a priority to play it and always one to play with friends and plenty of memories with that yeah definitely one of the more fun games uh to play with friends for sure super smash brothers always fun um all right next up on the list for me 
I'll go with the game that basically made me think of this as as a potential here for our um, our draft, and that was because the new Grand Theft Auto Six trailer came out. Um, I guess it was last week now, but um, Grand Theft Auto as as a franchise recently has been, I mean, one of the most fun games, violent as hell, and and just crazy game but um with the amount of things that you could do in those series especially gta 5 the, the i think the highest selling video game um well one of the high most highest selling video games of all time here but gta 6 coming out in 2025 but um i feel like grand theft auto definitely deserves to be on the list here uh side note while i was doing my research with this trying to make sure i wasn't forgetting anything like the more places that i was looking at the highest grossing video game franchises there are some wildly different lists there so i don't know which video games are the highest selling because it looks like i've seen different (laughs) numbers different places but yeah with my last pick i think i am going to double down on the football video games it's been a decade since we've seen ncaa football but hopefully we are seeing it back this upcoming year but even though there's plenty of similarities with madden it definitely has a different feel to it being able to do uh that kind of version of the franchise mode getting to run triple uh, option offenses is always fun uh since uh pitching the ball uh, works out most of the time when you don't line up offsides and even being able to play as the mascots is something that I remember being fun in that game rather than just the football players. So <laughs> I will double down on EA Sports and get NCAA football for my last pick. Nice. Yes, I appreciate you making our friends at EA Sports happy there with with uh, the NCAA uh, choice there. So that leaves me with a lot of options here and some names that are definitely going to be left off the list and making people um, upset that we didn't pick them. Uh, last pick, I guess I will go with, uh, I don't even know. Um, I, 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 I'm just going to go with a personal favorite. I am going to go with the Uncharted series, the Uncharted series. Um, <laughs> I, I really just, there's a million names that could have gone in here, but I'll go with Uncharted. Just uh, the four or five games that they've put out have, they've all been amazing. Each one better than the last. So um, loved every bit of those games and uh, definitely going to make the list here, but leaves out like Sonic the Hedgehog, Donkey Kong, um, Last of Us, Resident Evil, Call of Duty, God of War, uh, Metroid, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. We left out a ton of franchises here. So, um, yeah, I drafted yeah. Smash Brothers. So I covered at least half of those in the one game. So. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, that gives you uh, Madden, Pokemon, Spider Man, Super Smash Bros., and the NCAA football franchise. Gives me Super Mario, Zelda, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Grand Theft Auto, and the Uncharted franchise. So, um, with that, that will wrap up our episode for today. Um, we do have a question potentially coming in here um, from Bryce, who's getting it in just in under the wire here. Um, he has a kicker and defense question. So fire it off here, Bryce, um, and uh, we will try to get this answered here in the final bits. But um, before we do that, Nate, while he's coming up with this question, let everybody know what you have up on PFF.com this week. Or have the recaps to all the games from this past week and the waiver wire article that we just went over uh, will make updates to the article throughout the day if there are uh, more information about some of these running back injuries especially at the top if we get information about how long someone's out for that could change who's at the top there so we'll have updates and then we'll have rankings for this upcoming week that'll be up later today and an article form tomorrow and then starts it up on thursday 
Awesome. Um, all right. So Bryce asks, uh, is Cameron Dicker a drop? So that is the Los Angeles Chargers um, kicker there. He says he also adds that the Chargers offense is brutal. Um, and yeah, it might be without uh, Justin Herbert and the Austin Eckler struggles, obviously. So um, would you be looking to upgrade at kicker, I guess? Uh, probably yeah, at this point. Um, the only bright side is there could be some bad weather games. I haven't looked ahead to this week's weather reports yet, but at least uh, playing Las Vegas at their stadium and then playing in Los Angeles, they are probably less likely to be dealing with bad weather than some other teams. But considering the offense and how they performed, I'd probably be looking to upgrade at kicker. And then uh, the other question he has is on defense and which defenses to consider over the rest of the season. At this point, I really look week to week and which defenses have the best matchup each week rather than looking at it overall since in most of my or in every league that I'm in where I have a team defense outside of dynasty leagues I'm consistently just dropping defenses and just picking up whichever ones are the best for the upcoming week so I will have the rankings for this upcoming week up later today with whichever defenses I have the best for this week Nice. Yeah, it makes sense. And then we have the strength of schedule tool on pff.com as well. And I mean, the top uh, defense schedule this week coming up in week 15 is the Atlanta Falcons going against the Carolina Panthers. Um, we've seen the struggles of Bryce Young and, and the, the pressure that that offensive line allows. I mean, I know Atlanta's defensive line, not amazing by any means, but um, they've done a, a, a decent job there um, as a defense this season. So that could be an option. Also, um, the Miami Dolphins uh, are also listed on there going against the New York Jets. So um, some options, at least for week 15, and then we could use that schedule strength of schedule tool um, to figure out the rest of the, the weeks as well. So good luck, Bryce. Um, hopefully it works out for you and you can get that fantasy championship. Um, thank you very much to everybody for listening. Nate, thank you for putting the, together that list of waiver wire targets. I'll have the IDP fantasy report out up on the website as well. So that'll have our IDP um, waiver wire targets. Um, but yeah, other than that, I will be back uh, tomorrow doing the weekly IDP preview, back with Kate on Thursday, previewing week 15 as well. So um, again, thank you all very much for listening. And until next time, peace out.